This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How many of you guys are ready for this new year? You're excited, you're expecting God's goodness in your own life and in your family and your personal lives. You guys got that? You know, it's, it's funny, this week uh, I walked outside and uh, on Thursday and it was like 40 degrees. And I'm like, this is amazing. I am like, I am ready for spring. Anybody else in here have that same feeling? It's like, we just want an abbreviated winter this year. Not, we don't want the long version, we want the short version. And so, I don't know about you, but that's what I'm kind of believing for is just kind of 40s for the rest of the, uh, the winter. And uh, that would be amazing. Uh, because why? It's, it's just that, that newness. You know, when you walk out and it's been, it's been like negative 10 and the wind's been blowing 20 miles an hour. And, and then you you come outside and it feels like spring. It's just that, that, that new, fresh smell and, and that, that, just that feeling. And that's kind of what a new year is, right? It's that, it's that new, fresh feeling and that fresh smell. It's like, okay, all right, 22. 22 might have not been good, but 23 is going to be better. Okay, we got this. And, uh, and so we come in with this fresh expectation, and, and we all like fresh starts, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I grew up on a Nintendo. Who else in here grew up on playing Nintendos? Anybody? And, and, and there was this one, there was two buttons on a Nintendo, the power button and the reset button. And I don't know about you, but there were, there were games that, you know, when I first got started on those games, it's like, you know, you're just trying to get yourself into it and, you, and you'd have to push reset and start over because you needed another three men to, to make sure you could make it to the end of the game or, you know, or maybe you lost one. I'm a perfectionist. So if I lost one man, it's like, oh gosh, we got to start over so that I have a perfect record. I, I, as you get you know, more into uh, oh, some of these games. It's like, okay, I want to try and beat the game without losing a guy. You guys get it? So it's just that, that new refresh, that restart. But I, I got a question for you. Do you know that this year could be the best year of your life? Do you know that? Now, I did my research I did my research on this because I knew that there would be some that were, that, you know, there were those of you in this room, they're like, oh yeah. But there were some of you in this year, in this room, they were like, what? Come on. You're the best year yet, really? And so I did some research because, because I saw some of the looks on your face and I anticipated that and I knew that the reaction would not maybe be positive to this idea that this could be your best year yet. And so here are some of the things that I found. Millennials, which are people that are 26 years old to 41, 80% of them set New Year's resolutions. 80%. That's pretty high. It's pretty good. Now, the other one that kind of went along with this is that people that are 65 years and older, they think that it is a waste of time. So we've got two ends of the spectrum here. So if you're 65 and older and you think it's a waste of time, well, you're just like everybody else in this world. So, but sir, here's some other things about goals. 83% of people don't have goals. They have no goals. Can you believe that? And 14% of them, they have a plan, but it's not written. How many of you guys in here that you have a plan, but it's not necessarily written? Some of us do. It's like, yeah, I got, yeah, I got a plan. You know, sometimes my wife is like, where are we going? I, you know, I got a plan. You know, not really. We don't have a plan, it's not written down. And, and so 14% of us are in that boat. There's only 3% of the people 
that have written goals. Can you believe that? That is amazing to me. And so my point is, and and my focus is not on goals and New Year's resolutions, although that's the route I could have gone. It's, it's, It's this idea that this, this thought that I want to plant in your heart that this year can be the best year of your life. And, 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 and I qualify that by saying that, you know, you, you have to define, well, what, what is the definition of the best year yet? You know, well, you know, I don't know, because I was thinking back to some of the best years of my life. I mean, the first and foremost best year, I would be, I would be a miss, but the year that I got married to my wife was the best year, right? The year that my mom and dad bought me a brand new 1985, I think, Honda 4 Tracks 125, red and white, it was beautiful. That was a good year, right? And so I think that, like, as I think back in my own life, there are years that, man, that was a good year, or that was a good year, or, or that was my best year, and I don't know if that could ever be topped, and I think that that's, that's kind of the idea that we have. I think that sometimes it's like, well, you know, if I won the lottery, that would be the best year ever, right? You know, we put our, our, our faith in that, or if I paid something off that I've been paying on for a while, maybe you take that dream trip, and so that would qualify as the best year yet. Maybe, maybe it's buying a house that you've always wanted, or, or uh, finding someone to marry, or fixing something that has been a problem in your life, then it would be the best year. Or, or maybe getting a raise, or, or maybe you're in the boat where you just wanna be promoted, and if I got promoted then, that would be the best year yet. Some of you guys might be in the boat, if I could just retire, then it would be the best year yet. But would it? Would it be the best year yet? You know, celebrating the completion of the goal. You know, those things are all good, but I'm here today to tell you that none of those things that are in that list or maybe something that you come up with in your mind will qualify it as the best year yet. And this, this is the comment that I want you guys or the quote that I want you guys to, to think about. And it's in your notes. It says that 2023 can be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. Now you might be thinking to yourself, Brian, that's that, you know, you're a pastor and you, you, that's your thing and you're into the spiritual thing. I'm just here today to tell you that it does not matter what your title, your position or anything like that in life is. If you want your life to be the best year yet, if it's the best year spiritually, that can absolutely take place in your life. And so today I wanna look, um, this isn't actually in your notes, but it'll be up on the screen. John 14, four says this, and you guys know this scripture. It says, but those who drink the water I give will never thirst, but be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh and bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You guys remember this story? This was Jesus, and he, was, he came to a well, and there was a woman there, and, sh- and she was drawing water uh, as she did on a, on a continu- you know, daily basis. And he came, and he said, listen, if, if you drink of, of the everlasting life, which is me, you'll never thirst again. And it's so funny because... Uh, Steve Rozelle, many of you guys know him, he, he, he sings, he sang this morning. Didn't you do a good job, Steve? You did a great job today. They gave me this, he's got this, this jug, and every, about every Sunday, like I make fun of him because it's like, this, I don't know, you about have to have two hands to hold on to this thing, right? 
And so what's so funny is that, is that Steve and Brandy bought me one of these and they put on the front of it, whoever drinks of this water that I give him will never thirst again, John 4, 14. So you get a workout all in one and you can get a drink and it never goes dry. It's like eternal. But the reality of it is, is that it does go dry. And, and so, but I, I brought these little cups today because you know, oftentimes I think that in life, it's, it's, it's kind of like this. We, we drink of, like, now it's the first of the year. And so our, our mindset is, is resolutions and goals and what it is that you want to accomplish. And so the focus is what it is that I want to do. And so, and so it's like, there's water in there, and I'm actually kind of thirsty. Mm, that's good. And so we've got this little, this little drink of accomplishment Sometimes in our lives, it's like we're looking to the money that we can get. And so we, we have a little money cup that it's like, if I can just get more money, if I can just get more money, if I can just get more money, money it will fix what it is that, that, that uh, and you may not fall into that. That may not be what you're looking to. You might, it might be the desires that you have. And they may not be bad desires or desires that are evil, but just desires that continually consume you. And so, so that's the cup that you drink from each and every day. It's like, you know, whatever that, that desire is, it's in your heart. It's like, oh man, I just really, really want to do that. Sometimes it's, it might not be desires, but it could be things, things in life, you know, money, uh, 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 buying things and having things and having new things. And so that's what kind of consumes us. And that's what we drink from a lot of times. And sometimes it's just like pleasure. It could be you know, uh, a trip, taking a trip or going somewhere or doing something or, and, and, and so we, 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 we have a tendency to kind of look to that and maybe it's like we plan the next one and, and then we go on that trip and, well, that was great, let's plan another one and we go on that trip and then we plan another one and, and that's what our life kind of fills us. It's like, well, that, that's refreshing. So I'm just gonna drink of that. Oh, that was good, but, but there's that thirst. There's that that desire it just doesn't satisfy as Jesus said and as he was telling this woman at the well that listen you can drink of all these things you know maybe it's a person in your life it might be your spouse it may be somebody that, that you're depending on that okay if I, if I can be with them then 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 I would have that and so we fall into this trap that that this woman had fallen into where she was there was something that she was drinking of, and in her case, it was a person or persons, you know, the men that she was with. And so she was drinking, and he was saying, listen, I, if you will just look to me, I will fill you with, with, and you will never thirst again. And so for us, you know, that is what I believe, that when it comes to this best year of our life yet, when I say spiritually, it's got to be something where it's like, we're, we're not, we, we decide we're not going to go to these, these things, you know, we're not going to make the list. I mean, I'm not, I'm not bashing goals and, 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 and resolutions. That's all well and good, you know, and I think that there's a place for that. But if this place of our spiritual life and our spiritual well-being and our spiritual health, you know, many times we see, you know, the gyms are, are, are packed with people and people are trying to get, you know, all the, the holiday pounds off. I was thinking about that. Like, I used Oreos as, as an illustration in one of my messages last year. I'm not kidding you. My goal for this year is to say no to the calories that people give me. Like every day I walk into my office and it's like there's a package of family Oreos. I mean, who in here can say no to a family pack of Oreos? So I'm going to say no to the calories that other people give me. And, and, uh, but, 
But my point is, is that our best year yet is not in some natural goal or some natural thing that we set or accomplishment that we want to make. Yes, there's satisfaction in that. But, but we need to say, you know what, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to honor you with my life. I commit and I dedicate my life, my spiritual life to you, my relationship with you. I'm dedicating that to you this year. My number one focus is I want to grow spiritually. I want to grow in my relationship with you. I want to know you in a better way. I want to experience you. I want you to, you know, the Holy Spirit to speak to me, you know, uh, uh, more frequently. I want to develop my sensitivity. That's what I'm talking about. Because when, we, when that is our focus, when, when, when we get up each and every day and our focus is the health of our spiritual well-being, because how many of you guys know we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And many times that's, that's, that's the problem is, is that we focus on this outer tent and what it is that's going on and the outward uh, uh, things, but, but we are a spirit and so it's our spiritual health that is absolutely critical. And so when we focus on that, then we are qualified to have our best year yet. I love what Isaiah 58 says, it says, in Isaiah 58, 11, it says that the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a, a, a ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild uh, the desired ruins of your city. And so, so the point is, is that when we drink of, of him, each and every day, spiritually, like that's our focus, that you know what, I'm not going to these things, I'm gonna go to the word of God. I'm gonna go to what it is that he said and what it is that he promised to me. That is where we get filled. That is where we get refreshed. That is where we are restored, so to speak. Man, that's good. Mm. That's good. So, how do we do this? The number one way in your notes there is, is that we must pursue him first. Pursue him first. We have to pursue him over everything else. And when we pursue him first, everything else improves. I love what it says here and what Jesus said in Mark 8, verse 34. It says, then he called the crowd to join his disciples and he said, if any one of you wants to follow me, you must give up your own way. I think about all these things when I think about that scripture. I have to give up that the, the accomplishments. Maybe I have to give up the money. Maybe I have to give up the desires because what's it go on to say? Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to these things in life, you'll lose them. But if you give, give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And so, you know, Jesus is like, he's really, he's really coming, coming to these people and saying, listen, if you give up your life, you'll get it. And so that's what we have to come into this year because it, it, there's a challenge in this statement that, that it can be, if it's the best year spiritually, it's going to come with a challenge. Because the enemy does not want you to be focused and, and just have laser focus when it comes to your spiritual life. He wants you to just go through the motions. He wants you to just kind of step through the motions, you know, maybe pick up the Bible every once in a while, maybe attend, you know, church every once in a while. Oh man, maybe go as far as to serve. That's, and, and, and if, he, if he can get you to just kind of step through those motions, it's okay. 
But man, the minute that you engage your heart and you say, you know what, now this year I'm going to a different level spiritually, that's when the challenge and that's when the resistance comes. And so we have to, uh, you know, pursue him first. And Jesus is saying, listen, you can, you can focus on yourself. You can do that. And you might become a better person. But he said, you will lose yourself. Remember what he said to Nicodemus? Nicodemus was, you know, um, talking to Jesus and Jesus said, listen, you have to be born again. And, and Nicodemus didn't understand. He's like, born again? I can't, I can't be born again. And what, what Jesus was talking about was as he was talking about the new man, that, that, that the spirit man is made new and, 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 and strengthened. And, and, and so, you know, that's what we're talking about here is, is that it's not this outward chasing of things. It's this renewal of ourselves spiritually, day in and day out. He said, focus on me, give your life to me. And, and you know, what's really cool about Jesus is, is that, that he was the only one that claimed that he was the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. All the other, all the other religions say that there is a better way, right? Well, you can do it this way and it's, it's just a better way. But Jesus said, no, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And so when we, when we understand that and when we know that, then we're like, okay, well, nothing else matters, man. I am gonna pursue him first. And that's really what we have to do because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Another thing that Jesus said, and this is probably one of my favorite scriptures, and that's found in Matthew 6, and it says to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. What is that? Above all else, above all the other things in our life, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So if, if that's, that's the attitude and the mentality that's like, you know what? You know, the goals are good, but man, my number one goal for this year is to grow myself spiritually because if it's my best year spiritually, the rest of the things will take care of itself. That's what Jesus said. If I seek him first, all the other things will take care of themselves, all the other accomplishments and all the other things because he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, but it's about priority. It's about where we're setting our priority. You know, and I think sometimes it's like, well, the Bible says, so give me the desires of my heart. And so this is a desire. Why isn't this desire coming? Well, it's, it could be that your desires are, you know, ill-ordered or out of priority where you're focusing on the thing, focusing on the material, focusing on what it is that you want. And all the while, God's, God and, and, and your spiritual well-being and your spiritual life is at the back of the line. And it's like each and every day, it's like one little drink of, you know, to fill my spiritual cup. Right, I, I went to church once a month, man, I should be good, right? Oh, I read the Bible. It's like one, one, little, one little sip. And so our spiritual man is basically starving. He's, he's like thirsty and, and, and we wonder why all of these things in our life are not, they're not coming about and, and moving forward and God's not moving and, and the whole while he's saying, listen, you just come to me and, and drink of me and, and focus on me and grow yourself spiritually and allow me to refresh you and, and fill you up. I'll take care of all the other things in your life. And so we have to seek him above all else. And so my question to you guys is, and you guys can write this to your, in your notes or, or in, in your Bible or something, what are you seeking above all else? What in your life, is it, is it maybe it's one of these things you know, one of these little cups that you find yourself seeking above all else. 
It's that person, that, that thing, that, that trip, whatever. And I, and I would challenge you in to say that maybe what you should do this year is say, you know what, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna, above all else, focus on what it is that I focused on in 22 or 21. Above all else, I'm gonna focus on my, my relationship with him and, 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 and focus on him and give up my life so that I can save it, as he said, and seek him first and allow him to take care of all of the other th- stuff. So what was Jesus saying in your notes there? That when your spiritual life gets better, everything else will get better. That's what you need to know. That's what he was saying in these two verses of scriptures. In essence, that when, you're, when your spiritual life gets better, everything else gets better. If you put God first, it'll get better. It doesn't mean that all your problems are gonna go away. And, and it doesn't mean that, that it's just gonna be super easy and just we're gonna just skate through life like, like there's no issues and there's no problems because we have an adversary and we live in a fallen world. And, and he does not want us to move to another level. He wants us to stay just, just even. Man, don't, don't rock the boat, don't, don't shake it, don't talk to nobody, don't share what it is that, that is inside of you. Don't, you know, as the Bible says, if you yourself are watered, you then water other people. You know, and, and so it's, it's like recently I was talking with this person uh, last year and uh, it was just, we got to talking about the church and the influence that the church has had on, on their family and on her, on her kids. And, and it was just, it was just refreshing to hear, uh, this person talk about how, what God had done in, in her own personal life and in the lives of her kids. And, and we were just, you know, agreeing on, on just, you know, really how God designed the church that, that, the church is designed for community, it's designed for love, it's designed to, to, to fill and, and help and encourage and all of these things and we were talking about those things and, and, uh, and we went on to talk about just, just she just said, I, 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 can't even, I can't even imagine my life without the church. You know, and, and uh, I kind of walked away from that and I just realized that, that what this person was doing was is that she was focusing her attention on her spiritual well-being. Nothing else mattered. I mean, she was ensuring that, that we're gonna focus on this, and yet, and she, she admitted, she admitted that, that, that the year had been challenging. There had been some things that had come against uh, uh, her and the family and, and what it was that was going on, but she's like, nope, I'm sticking with this. I'm pushing through. I'm gonna continue to seek him. I'm gonna continue to focus on my spiritual well-being. And she could say at the end, you know, at the end you know, of the year that it's like, you know, I, I can see him at work. Little by little, it, you know, it's not like just, you know, it all got dumped on her at once but it was just, she just said, I can see him at work in my life. Yes, it's been challenging, but I can see him at work in my kids. I can see him at work in my own life. I can see him, you know, you know doing things and changing things. And she was expectant of the future. But can I tell you that, that if she would say, well, you know, 22 was, it was rough. And I, I, I just don't, I don't, it didn't go the way I planned and it was maybe too rough and, and maybe it wasn't, he wasn't working as fast as I wanted to. The tendency is, is to kind of turn back to these other things and, and say, okay, well, maybe I can get there faster if I focus on this or put my time, energy, and effort into these things. 
But she didn't. She, she, she was determined that, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay this course. I'm going to focus on my spiritual life and on, uh, on, on my own relationship with God. And I know that it's going to have a lasting effect and that God is going to work in my life. Because, listen, Jesus is the reason for it. You know, yes, the church is there to support and, and be that community and be that, that, be that uh, uh, support system that they need as a family. That's, that's what it is to all of us. And if you don't see that, you, you should, because we need one another. We need, uh, you know, the, the, the family members, the, the giftings, the talents, the, everything that people, that, that you have inside of you, when you bring that, you're bringing a supply of what you have to this body. And this body is better for it and, and, and you are blessing people whether you realize it or not. But at the end of the day, for her, it was because of Jesus. It's because of her focus on Jesus and, and, and just this, you know, understanding that Jesus is what changes everything. If I look to him, just as he said, if I seek him first, he'll take care of everything. He'll, he'll add all these other things that I want. He knows that I want them, but that's not my focus. And so that's what we need to do. That's the attitude that we need to have. And as I said before, you know, when it comes to making this determination that, man, I want this to be the best year of my life, and, and so it's gonna be something that has to take place spiritually in my life, that leads us to number two, and that is that, that we are going to have to resist distractions. The minute that you determine in your heart that this will be the best year of your life spiritually is the minute that you will be bombarded by distractions. Because the devil knows, he knows when you're serious about something. He knows that, that there's something different, man. He, there, there's a determination here. And so he's going to send these distractions to you and, and because he doesn't want you to grow. He doesn't want you to move. He doesn't want you to step out of what it is that you've been doing or we've been doing for years. He wants it to just be the status quo because then everything's okay, nobody's, nobody's affected, nobody's influenced, and everything's fine. But the minute that you and I, and if, and if you guys are getting what I'm, I'm talking about here, that it's, you know, this is a message to just you. This is a message for just me, for our year, that if, if it's our best year spiritually, then it's our best one yet. But what you need to understand today is, guys, is that if you'll take this seriously, if we all take this seriously, it has a much greater effect. It has a much greater effect in the world that we live in, in the region that we live in. Why? Because as we grow spiritually, we begin to, to, to influence in a greater way. But if we, if we say, well, you know, everything's good. I love Jesus. I go to church. I read my Bible every once in a while. I'm good. No, man, we, we need to take it up a, a step, take it up a notch in our lives. And so we have to resist these distractions. Look, look at this example. And you guys remember this example of Martha in Luke 10, verse 38. It says this, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and, he, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And I, I think that it's funny. We'll just stop right there. That, that many believers, that's exactly what they do. They receive Jesus into their heart, but that's kind of where it stops, right? They receive the goodness or they receive the healing, but that's kind of where it stops. But what's it go on to say? It says, and she had a sister who was called Mary, who sat and heard. Now, now that's, that, I think about that word, heard, okay? Heard is different than listen, right? Some of you guys are in here and you're listening to me, but some of you guys are in here and you're hearing 
what is said. What is the difference? Well, listening, it's like, it's kind of going right in one ear and right out the other ear, right? You're thinking about, oh, I'm thinking about chicken wings tonight that I'm gonna baste in a big giant bowl and then deep fat fry and peanut oil, right? You're listening to me. But then there's some of you in here and you are hearing what it is that I have to say, but maybe not necessarily what, what I have to say. You're hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say through me into your heart. And so this was what Mary was doing. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus and she heard his words, but Martha was distracted was serving. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve, serve alone? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part. And so in your own life, do you find yourself being like Martha, where you've accepted him into your home, into your heart, but that's pretty much where it stops. You're just distracted and, and, and you're, you're worried and concerned. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the nice way that we define worry is, well, I'm just concerned. I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. When in reality, it's like you're just worrying about it and, and that's what Martha was doing. And, and she was just worried. And I think that in our lives, that's what happens to us is, is that we're worried about this, we're worried about this, we're worried about this, we're concerned and worried and, 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 and troubled about many things. Well, this, this isn't good enough, this isn't good enough. And, and, and that's the way that we live our lives. All the while, Jesus is, 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 is saying, hello, anybody in there? And, and, and we have to say, we have to come away from these things that are in our life and say, you know what, I'm gonna sit at his feet and I'm not just gonna listen. I'm not going to church to just listen. I'm going to hear what it is that he had to say. I'm not going to my devotional time to just listen to what, what Proverbs says or, or John or Acts or whatever you know, book of the Bible that you choose. I'm not going to just listen. I'm going to hear something. And, and, and that needs to be your prayer each and every day. Lord, I want to hear what you have to say in, in the word to me. And so... We can't be distracted with many things like Martha. We have to be like Mary, and we have to choose the one thing, the one thing being our spiritual well-being, the one thing being Jesus, that Jesus is the answer for everything in our lives. Another great ex example when it comes to distractions and resisting the distractions that come to us is the church at Ephesus in Revelations 2. Look at this. It says, I know your deeds. Now this is Jesus talking to a church, the church of, at Ephesus. He says, I know your deeds. I know your hard work. I know your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you, you have tested those that claim to be apostles but aren't and you have found them to be false. You've persevered and you've endured hardship in my name. And, and to top it off, not only have you persevered and done all of these things, you haven't grown weary. Now stop. When you look at that, you think to yourself, wow, man, that church, they really had it going on. I mean, you know, if we were to go to a church, you know, the church at Ephesus and go to their praise and worship and walk in their doors, we would have been like, wow, this got, got going on, man. They got good praise and worship and they're, they're working hard and it looks to me like they're not weary and they're pushing through that. But look what, it, look what it goes on to say, what Jesus said. He says, yet I hold this one thing against you. 
You have forsaken. That's what that says. If you look at a lot of the different versions in the Bible, it says that you have left the love that you first had. So here, get, get this. Get this picture with me, guys. These, the church at Ephesus, man, they were, they were doing a good thing. He said, hey, listen, you guys are doing a good thing. You're working hard. You're persevering. You're, you're, you're sticking to the word, and you're not, you're not wavering off and going off into weird things. And, and, and you're, you're, man, you're, you're being strong. You're not growing weary. Those are all great things. But what, was, what, what did he say? He said, you left your first love. And when I read that to, last night, I, I, I went back over my notes. It just, it just really just hit me because, because I think that in our lives, it's like we can sit here and say, okay, you're right. Man, this needs to be the best year spiritually. But we can go through these motions week in, week out, week in, week out, month in, month out. We can get to this place next year and nothing's really different. We're just like the church at Ephesus, man. We're just, we're doing this. We're working hard. We're doing this. But what about the one thing? The first love in inside of each and every single one of us, guys, is the first, our first love. Yes, we need to come to church. Yes, we need to work hard. Yes, we need to persevere. Yes, we, we need to not be weary, right? And be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We need to do all of those things. But Jesus said, listen, church at Ephesus, there's one thing, and that is you have left your first love. And you know, when you look at the commentaries on that verse of scripture, it wasn't left, is, is, it's not lost. They didn't lose it, right? If you lose something, you can't find it. Like Emily, she lost her Nintendo Switch. She could not find it. It was nowhere to be found. She searched high and low. Every time I came in the house, she's like, where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? That's not, what, that's not what these people, that's not what happened to the church at Ephesus. They didn't lose it and couldn't find it. They left it. And when you leave something, that is a choice. That is a choice to step away. And, and, and what happens is, is that when it comes to leaving your first love, it's, it's not something you just do overnight. It's something that is done in each and every day, the decisions of each and every day, slowly but surely, slowly but surely, step after step, we're walking away from our first love because we're maybe drawn to these things in life. We're focusing on these things. It's, 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 the, it's the small little choices and the small little decisions and the small little distractions that lead us and, and cause us to leave our first love. And so we have to resist those distractions and not be like Martha and not be like the church at Ephesus in our lives. And so have you fallen into a distraction trap? When you think about last year, right on your paper, right now, do it right now. What is the number one distraction that was in your life? I want you to write that on there and then you're gonna do number two and you're gonna resist that distraction. Because I, I, I would say that there's probably maybe one or two big distractions that are in your life that if you would just resist those one or two distractions in your life, you would be light years down the road in your walk. It would help you and it would help in your, in your self-discipline that, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna resist that. I'm gonna resist that distraction and I'm not gonna allow that to, to uh, uh, override this desire that I have to grow spiritually. I'm not gonna allow it to come between. I'm not gonna allow, I'm not gonna choose the many things like Martha. I'm not gonna be like Martha. I'm gonna be like Mary. I'm gonna choose the one thing. 
And Jesus describes some of these distractions in Mark 4. And you guys might remember these. In 4.19, it says in the Amplified, but the worries and the cares of this world, the distractions of this age, and its worldly pleasures and, and deceitfulness, false security, glamour, and wealth, and fame, and the passionate desires for all other things, notice, it creeps in. Now, you might be looking at that list and you're like, oh, oh, man, I resist all those things. I resist all those distractions. No problem. My question to you is, is are, are you allowing those things to creep in slowly but surely? So it's, 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 it's a vigilance game. It's, it's, it's like, a man, I'm going to be vigilant each and every day. It's like that was the distraction that I wrote down on January 1st, and I'm going to vigilantly not allow that thing to creep into my life. And so... We have to be careful in these times so that we can stick to it. And so we put God first and pursue him above all else. Number two, we resist those distractions. And number three is that we open and protect our heart. Open and protect our heart. Another way that you could say open and protect your heart is what is your attitude or what is your posture towards the things of God? Like, is it, is it you know, your posture is like, it's, it's funny because one of the illustrations that my dad has used through the years is uh, Greg Barnston. When Greg Barnston, I'll, I'll never forget this, he's used this, that when Greg Barnston and Pam began coming to the church, that Greg Barnston would sit on the front row and uh, have his rear end on the edge of the seat and lean in. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to your posture, right? That it's like, I'm gonna lean in and I'm gonna expect, it's like when you go to the word of God, it's like you're Greg Barnson. Just picture Greg Barnson, a younger Greg Barnson on the front row in a sweet suit. What kind of suits were those? Like a, a polyester leisure suit? I mean, he rocked it. I got, I got pictures to prove it, man. I mean, Greg Barnson. But he was, he'd sit on that front row and his posture and his attitude was, I'm gonna get something, not from the man that's standing in the pulpit, but I'm gonna get something because the Holy Spirit has something for me today. And so his posture was, I'm gonna get something. And so when we, when we approach our devotional life, like, like I'm just gonna tell myself a little bit, I don't have Greg, Greg Barnson's posture when I go to my devotional time, okay? I got my flip-flops on, I got my loose stretchy pants and a sweatshirt, and I kick my feet up on a, on a desk and I got my Red Bull and I'm kind of sipping on that and just enjoying that. That's not a posture or an attitude that, Lord, I want something. That's, gotta get through this. <laughs> I'm just telling on myself, right? So it's this posture, this attitude. How, do, how is it that you're approaching this, this idea that, because, because it's, it, you know, you can say, I'm gonna put God first. And you can resist, you can resist those, tempta- or those, those distractions. But man, if you don't, if your posture and your attitude, if you don't open and protect your heart, it's, it's, he, the enemy will come in and, and, and affect you in a negative way. And, and it's kind of like, if you guys remember in, in Second Chronicles, I don't know if you guys remember King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, was a, he was a great king. But his dad was not a good king. And, uh, and, and, and what's so funny is, is that if you read the story of King Asa, which was his dad, it wasn't like he just came into power and boom, it just all went, you know, he just shut it all down. It was a process. 
Like slowly, you know, one decision after another decision after another decision, he began doing things and, 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 and um, uh, supporting evil kings and giving, you know, taking things that were in the temple of God. The, the, he was, he'd take them out and he'd give them to people and he'd give some of the money that, that was really meant to be put into the temple for God and, and to honor him. He'd take it and dishonor God and give it to other people. And, and slowly but surely, he ended up closing the temple right? He closed it. He shut it down. He, he didn't allow people to go in there. He actually built other false gods and other things in the, in the different cities that surrounded it. Why? Because he, he, he didn't have a heart after God. And, and, and he, he, he did not protect his own heart. He had evil in his heart. And so he began to what? He began to serve all of these other things. He began to set up altars. These are kind of altars of all these other things. But look what it says, because, because even though Asa did that, King Asa did that, King Hezekiah didn't. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles 29, verse 3. And it said, on the very first month of the first year, hmm, first month, first year, January, January 1st, first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah did what? He reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. And so here he was in the first month of the first year, he opened up the doors of the temple. Now, for those of you that maybe, maybe don't understand that, but the temple was where the presence of God resided. But when Jesus came, what he did was is that he, that he changed that. that. That is an old covenant idea. And now Jesus lives on the inside of each and every one of us. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple of God. God lives in us, so we are to honor him with our lives. And so, so my point is, is that we need to open up our life, open up and protect where God lives in our life. And it goes on to say in 2 Chronicles 29, 5, that King Hezekiah did what? He consecrated himself now, and he consecrated the temple of the Lord to God of, of their ancestors. And what did he do? He removed the defilement. So verse five, he consecrated. What does that mean? He devoted, he, he devoted himself. In our lives, when it comes to our heart and where, where our spiritual life is concerned, there has to be a devotion. A devotion that, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of this. And then as it said there in verse six, I'm going to remove the things and get rid of the things or remove the defilements that are holding you back. So my question to you today is, is, what are the things in your life? You know, maybe it's money, maybe it's accomplishments, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, desires that you have, maybe it's the things. Uh, I don't know what it is, the pleasures. You have to decide, you know what, I'm gonna remove these things that have defiled my heart, and I'm, going to, I'm gonna get rid of them. I'm gonna uh, take them out of my life, just as Hezekiah did. He, he, he cleaned it out, he devoted himself to it, removed the defilement, and then what, what I really like about this, and it kind of goes back to what we said before in, in verse six, that it says, our fathers have been unfaithful. And, and so it might be things that, that, that you have defiled your own life. It might even be things that are holding you back that other things, other people have done to you. But, here, but I'm here today to tell you guys that, that if you just make a decision and, 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 a, and a, an adjustment in your heart, that it's like, you know what? I'm gonna remove these things, remove these defilements from my life. What goes on to say is, is that 
There's great unity. In 2 Chronicles, verse uh, 30, and our and a team can come back up here as we finish. T- uh, 2 Chronicles, verse, chapter 30, verse 12, it says that God's hand was on the people uh, in the land of Judah, giving them all one heart to obey the orders of the king and his officials who were following the word of the Lord. And so what we see in that, guys, is, is that Yes, it was an individual work that was taking place. It's an individual work that takes place in each and every single one of our own lives, right? That that when we make this decision, I want this year to be the best year of my life. And the only way that it's gonna be the best year ever is if it's my best year spiritually. So I'm gonna pursue God first. I'm gonna remove the distractions. I'm gonna devote myself to him. I'm gonna remove all those things in my life that defile me, and I'm going to pursue him. The last point is this. It's a challenge to you guys. It's it's, it's the challenge that, that I wanna make for this year, that you will commit to submit, right? Because we, when you go back to Mark 8, in that verse, first verse that we looked at, when Jesus said, listen, if you lose your life, you'll find it. But if you try to keep your life, you'll, you'll, you'll lose it. And so, so this, to me, that, that's what submission is. That it's to say, you know what, Lord? My life, it's not my own. Man, you sent Jesus as, as a sacrifice for me. You sent him to, to be the Lord of my life. And I have allowed these other things into my life, and so th- this year's gonna be different. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit my life to submitting my whole life to him, all that I do, all that I am to him. And so today, let's just bow our heads and just take this moment to just recommit our life, recommit this year. Maybe not recommit, but commit. Commit to submitting to him and allowing him to do a great work in our lives. And so let's just, let's just pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you, Father God, for your word. Father, your word, it's powerful and it, it has the ability to change us. And Father God, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Father God, that your word is very, very clear that, that if we will submit our lives to you, if we will make the choice to focus on on you as the, as the number one thing in our lives and, and, and focus on our lives spiritually and on our spiritual well-being and, 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 and allow you to grow us up, Father God. We understand and know by your word that all the other things, they'll be taken care of. All the other things that we're concerned about, all the other things that, that maybe keep us up at night, you'll take care of those things. All the other issues that we find ourselves that maybe are not being fixed, we know, Father, that you said if we seek you, you'll take care of them, you'll fix them, you'll, you'll, you'll make them right. And so this year, we're committing to submit to your plan and your will and your purpose and your growth, your spiritual growth in our lives as believers. And we thank you, Father, for it. And, and with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, there's a few people here that I don't know, and I wouldn't want to go away from this place and, and not know that I gave you an opportunity to make him the Lord of your life. And if you haven't done that, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you, 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 you are a new to Christianity or new to the things of God, and you don't know who he is. If you're that person and you've not made a choice to follow him, today is that day. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to him. Today is that day also. You've made that choice to walk away from him. Today is the day that you make that choice to get right with him. Is there anybody in here in the sound of my voice? Anybody at all? Okay. 
All right, that's good. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Father God, for the seed that has been sown into our hearts, the seed that's been sown and some that's been watered. And we know, Father God, that you are the one that gives the increase. And we just thank you, Father, for it. And so as we close, I just want you guys to just take this time, take this last song and commit it to God. As we sing this morning, if, if you have someone that, you know, maybe a prayer request that you want uh, agreement with, we have a prayer team. They'll be down here on the side uh, to my left, and they want to agree with you. And so if there's something that's like, man, I just, I want this to change. You know, there's power in agreement. And so that's, that's what you can do. You can go down there. You can tell them. They'll, they'll, they'll keep that confidential. They'll agree with you in prayer concerning what it is that you have. And you can get right up. You can stand right up and you can walk right down, right over here. And they'll be there for the remainder of that song. And they'll agree with you and they'll pray with you. And they'll, they'll, they'll just be your support that you need. And they'll, they'll help you. And so my admonishment to the rest of you as you worship God, just worship him in, in, in what it is that's been said, what it is that's been sown into your heart, what it is that the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart. Just commit that to him. Commit, commit that to this year. And I can tell you that it will be your best year yet.